Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe. This is episode 69. Now this one might be quite a short one. Um, let's see how it goes and how much I end up talking about on the subject. But today we're going to talk about binge eating. Now, binge eating is a blanket term that is overused. People use it to describe everything. Like every overeating habit they have, they just call it binge eating. It's it's the easy way to categorize it. Now, the reality is binge eating is characterized as a complete and total loss of control around food. Now, binge eating is it's one of the characteristics of binge eating disorder, right? And it's how it's how we I don't I shouldn't say we because I don't diagnose it, but it's how uh, people would, specialists would diagnose an eating disorder in someone. It would be part of the criteria. Do you have, do you ever have a complete loss of control around food? Does it feel like you're having an out of body experience? Does it feel like someone else has taken over your body and you're just an observer? It's almost as, li- as if you're hovering above yourself, looking down and watching it happen. That's what true binge eating is and like I say it's a characteristic of a diagnosed eating disorder and if that's something that any of you are experiencing I would encourage you to go and speak to your GP and let them know that's happening and they'll be able to point you in the right directions to start getting the the help that you need right dieting isn't what you need A, a meal plan isn't what you need shakes slim fast all that stuff that's not what you need you cannot diet these things away it requires Someone asked me recently if I could help them with their binge eating and I asked them these questions about, you know, like, tell me about your binge eating. What's it like? Um, asked the things that I've just mentioned. Do you feel like you it's a complete loss of control, etc.? And they said, yes. Um, will you be able to help me? You know, will a nutritionist be able to help me? Now, it's important to remember that a nutritionist is... It, it, it's like it does exactly what it says in the tin, right? We help you with your nutrition and things related to your nutrition. Binge eating is not a nutrition issue. It's not a diet issue. It's not a weight issue. Genuine true binge eating is a mental health condition. And once we start moving into the realms of mental health, then we're starting to move beyond the realms of what I, as a nutritionist, am qualified to help with. So that's why I would never, you know, I don't, I've just released this quiz. This week I put together a quiz. I've shared it on my stories a couple of times and it's basically 13 questions. It's not really. If you discount the first two questions, which aren't really questions, it's 11 questions. I'll put the link in this um, in this episode, actually if anyone cares to do it. It's a horrible, in fact, I'll make it smaller. There's a thing I can do to make it smaller. Uh, But basically, it's 13 questions to find out if you and I are a good fit to work together. Um, It took me a very long time to make it because there's individual responses to everything. There are also six points in the quiz that will kick you out, basically, and say, not kick you out, that's a bit mean, but they will basically exit the quiz and say, sorry, what we do isn't going to be for you. So it's not some pretend thing where you whiz through it and I tell everybody that I want to work with them. There are six questions or there's six responses to the multiple choice questions that would have you exit and say, we're not for you. Um, So yeah, I'll put that in the text to go with this episode. Tap on it if you would like to to go through it and find out if you're not already a member. Um, But the very, very first question in that quiz, and this is why I said the first two didn't really count. Number one is, 
do you are you currently experiencing or have you previously been diagnosed with an eating disorder? If they say yes, it's an instant no, and I point them towards the right places to get help. Um, and if it's a no, then it continues to the next one. So people who have diagnosed eating disorders, I am not qualified to work with them because I am not qualified uh, in the area that deals with that, right? I help people with their diet. I help them with their nutrition. I help them with the things associated with it. And those the, those can, they will often branch into mental health, but it's like, it's minor, right? We're talking about practicing mindful eating and things like that. Um, once we're talking about eating disorders, that needs specialist help. It's not a diet issue. It's not a weight issue. It's a mental health condition that needs to be worked on over time with a specialist. And once you get to the other side of that, and you will, uh, you can then move on to start looking at your diet and looking at your weight and things like that. But it's one of those ones where you have to take a step. You know, people people try to diet these things away and they will do so for years and years and years. They'll spend 5, 10, 15 years trying to diet. It's like... Um, it's like trying to run a... No, maybe not. That's ridiculous. It's like trying to fight someone with an arm tied behind your back, right? It'd be a, like a boxer going in a ring with an arm tied behind the back. They're never going to win. They might get a few punches in. They might do all right, but they're not going to win with one hand. And that's kind of... That's a terrible example, but it's just... I'm watching a lot of UFC at the moment. I've got into it recently, and that's the only the only comparison that springs to mind at the moment. Um, but this is what, like... That this is what having or what binge eating is like. You're trying to diet, but you're trying to do it with with uh, with something that's going to constantly hold you back. And you, like I said, with the fighting thing, you might get so far, but you're going to keep having these binge episodes. So it's something that has to be worked on separately. Anyway, that was very long winded. Uh, so binge eating. A blanket term that most people use to, to cover everything related to overeating. If you are not having this out-of-body experience, this complete loss of control, feeling like you're absolutely powerless to stop yourself, then you're not binge eating, you're overeating. Bog standard, plain overeating. Now, you may feel at times like you are lacking control when you do that. You may feel at times like you're unable to stop yourself. Um, but the reality is that most people who think they are binge eating, they're just overeating. They're consciously choosing to overeat because there's something driving it. And this is good news, by the way. You don't want to be the person who has a diagnosed eating disorder Obviously, right? You don't want that to be the case. You don't want to be someone who's binge eating. And it's really good because binge eating is its often something that we direct responsibility over to, right? Oh, that's my binge eating habit. That's my thing. And when we start offloading the responsibility of the things that we do, it then becomes a separate thing. We don't have ownership of it. We're not taking responsibility of it. We're not acknowledging that it's something that we are doing. Um, and it's something that I'm very careful to talk about when I work with people inside the Monroe Method, inside our group coaching program, where I'll explain to them that, you know, if it's not that, you know, we've went through the questions, we've established that it's not binge eating, it is overeating. And then it's right, great, this is something you are doing. You are choosing to do this. 
and you're not waking up in the morning giddy and excited to to overeat today. It's not like that. You're doing it in response to something. Something else is going on that's leading you down that path. And it's something that you've not worked on yet. It's something you've not understood. It's something you've not uncovered. And it could be things like, uh, it could just be emotional eating. When I feel like this, this is what I do. People can go through their entire lives, not once binge eating, not once overeating, not having any negative experiences with food. And then let's say at the age of 21, they break up with their high school sweetheart. They've been together since they were 15, 21 years old. He decides he wants to go. And it's the worst thing in the world. It is a pain that you've never felt before. You're experiencing emotions that you've never felt before. And you feel like the world is coming to an end. And you are looking for anything, something to help you not feel like that anymore, to make that go away, to make that better, to make it feel less painful. And you decide to go to the shop and grab a tub of Ben and Jerry's. You're going to have some ice cream. Ice cream's nice. This is going to help me feel a bit better. So you come home, you open the ice cream and you eat the entire tub. And for the duration that you were eating that tub, those those intense emotions that you were feeling, those horrible feelings, those, those painful emotions went away for a little while. They were away for as long as you were eating that tub of ice cream. Your mind was on that. Your mind was on the taste in your mouth. It was delicious. It was enjoyable. It was creamy and smooth. And now you're at the end of the tub and all that stuff's coming flooding back again. So that's just one example of how these connections are made. It kind of kicks off somewhere. There's there's, there's usually maybe not a defining moment as such. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as like a high school sweetheart breakup type situation. But it could be anything. Perhaps someone was bullied at school and they came home and started eating to try and not think about it to make themselves feel better. Um, anything else, right? That's another dramatic one. But it doesn't necessarily have to be anything as dramatic. But at some point in life, there was a moment where you used food. Uh, and I've spoke about this in another podcast episode. If you're kind of new to these and you've not listened to the earlier episodes, look for one. Um, just search ClanCast. Uh, are you eating food or using food? Where we spoke about, you know, there's eating food when you're hungry and your body's asking for energy and you're eating in response to that. You're fueling your body. And then there is using food where you're not hungry, you don't need anything, but you're using food to accomplish something, to achieve something, to feel something. Um, and this is where this is where the kind of crossover is with consciously choosing to overeat, consciously choosing to use food for something that it isn't for, right? And this is where things start to get messy because what you need in that moment. So let's say you are overeating. You've got a big exam coming up. You're really nervous about it. You're really worried. You're, you're panicking about your studying. You're trying to study, but you're distracted and you keep going to the cupboard and getting something to eat, right? That's not binge eating. That's consciously choosing to overeat. So you're using food to cope with something, to manage something, to procrastinate, to distract, to not feel or to feel something else. Um, but it's a conscious decision and it might not feel, you know, it might not feel like you've had this kind of internal battle where you've went, right, I'm feeling really stressed. What could I do right now? Could I, you know, maybe I could go for a bath. Maybe I could go for a walk. Maybe I could go to the kitchen and start raiding the cupboards. Like it, it, you don't, 
you don't use it in that kind of decision making setting. It's a get up and go and you find yourself in the cupboard. It's an instantaneous thing. And it feels like you're not thinking about it. But the thing is, the think about brushing your teeth, right? When when I here's how I do it. I wake up in the morning, jump in the shower, while I'm in the shower I brush my teeth, because I'm a big fan of doubling up on things and saving time. Uh, so I don't think about that. I do not sit in the morning and think, oh, you know, when am I going to brush my teeth? Will I do it just now? Will I do it in 10 minutes? Will I do it before I get dressed? Will I do it before I get the kids ready? You don't go through that. You just do it. You've done it so often that the pattern is just there. The habit's created. It's a a, a non-thinking decision. And it's the same when it comes to these eating occasions. You don't, you don't sit and rationalise it. You don't sit and think, what is the absolute best thing I could do right now? I know, I'll go get a sharing bag of crisps. You don't talk it through in your head like that. You are sitting there in that moment, feeling something that you don't want to feel. You're feeling discomfort. You're feeling pain, not physical pain, but some kind of mental pain. Something not nice. And your brain goes, get up and go. And before you know it, you're in the kitchen cupboard or you're in, your head's in the fridge and you are eating some slices of ham, you're eating a baby bell with the kids' dunkers or you're in the cupboard getting crisps or chocolate or sweets or whatever it is, whatever your thing is that you go and get when you are feeling like this. So the reason I'm talking about this, it's very important to, like if you ever want to resolve these things, if you ever want them to get better, you need to to stop chalking everything down to binge eating, chalking it down to binge eating episodes, trying to trying to attach it to the external. Like it's oh, it's not me. That's the, it's just this habit that I've got. It's just it's the binge eating. It's not me. It's something else. Once you start and and by, again, when you start assigning it over to binge eating, you're 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 passing the responsibility of it over to something else. Unless you are going through those kind of eating disorder criteria that I mentioned before, you are consciously choosing to do this. It's you that's doing this. And the reason that's... It's not about playing the blame game or pointing fingers at anyone or anything like that. This is all about you being able to move forward with this. Once you take responsibility for it, once you acknowledge that it's something you are choosing to do, this is a me thing, it's not anything else, this is a me thing. When when things like this happen, this is what I do because I want to feel differently or whatever it is. So it's about taking control, not control, taking ownership, taking responsibility of it. Once you acknowledge that it's something you are choosing to do, then you can start to have power over it. One of the biggest problems I see in in what I do and the, the countless people that I work with on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis is a lack of responsibility. In the beginning, in the beginning, um, my coaching style puts a lot of responsibility onto people. So like I'll I'll read things in their check-ins and I'll reframe it and I'll reword it and I'll do that gently and kindly and compassionately so that the person can see that, you know, this is not something happening, something that's happening to you. This is something that you're doing to yourself. Because if someone has never been told that before, then they will go through their entire life. What was the thing... 
there was something recently. Somebody, so in, inside Clan Monroe, inside the Monroe Method, uh, everybody, every new person that joins, joins goes through a fourteen-day course, and there are uh, there's a comments section on every video on each model, module over the 14 days. Now, these are only 10 to 15 minute videos, one per day. Um, and somebody left a comment. I think one of the videos I said, uh, you do not have a weight problem. Yeah, there was, you do not, in, in the video I said, you do not have a weight problem. Nobody has a weight problem. Your weight didn't happen to you. It didn't just appear. It's something that, Technically, you did to yourself, although that's a bit extreme saying it like that. But it's something that, you know, you don't have a weight problem. You have a number of other problems that took your weight in that direction. And one of the comments on it was somebody saying, not once in my 30 odd years has anyone ever told me that I don't have a weight problem. I have never thought about it like this before. Why have I never thought? And then everybody says what they usually say. Why have I never thought about this before? It's so simple. It's, it sounds so um, common sense kind of comments that you get. It sounds so simple. Why have I never thought about it like this before? And one, you know, imagine, imagine going through your life thinking that your weight was this mystical thing that just kept happening to you. You know, people make comments like, "I only have to look at a piece of cake and I put on a pound." You know, I just have one bite of something and my weight shoots up. It's like, no, you've that one bite of something that you've done multiple times and then you've done this other thing, but you've also got that habit and you've also got this one. You also think these types of foods are bad. So once you've had that one bite, you then go and overeat on them. And it's all these different little bits and pieces that add together to, to create your weight. You know, nobody goes out and intentionally gains weight. You do not wake up in the morning and say, right, if I eat three and a half thousand calories today and I do that every day this week I should gain two pounds this week people don't do that aside from bodybuilders who want to build weight try and build muscle but for the rest of us nobody is going out and intentionally gaining weight it is something that yes technically you do to yourself but it's made up of many different components and again you know when when you tell people this it's like you're giving them, you're empowering them. You're saying, look, your weight right now is where it is because of all these different things that you are doing. So, and and when people do feel like their weight is something that happens to them, it feels like something they have no control over. And you're giving them back that control by saying, look, this is all on you. We, You can fix this. Here are the 13 reasons that we've identified that your weight is doing what it's doing because you've got a poor relationship with food, you're staying up to two o'clock in the morning scrolling, you're hitting the snooze button in the morning, you're late for work, you're grabbing something on the way, you're going to the work canteen, you're going out to get something to eat. And then you just go through all these different things. You know, you're not eating any fruits and vegetables, you've got hardly any protein in your diet. And, you know, I can identify multiple things in what people tell me and say, right, these are the reasons that your weight is where it is. So let's start doing this. I would like you to start going to your bed at 9.30 p.m. at the latest, hopefully sleeping for 10, not staying up past midnight scrolling. And then that's going to have the knock-on effect of making your mornings easier. This is going to help you find the time and energy to start planning your food a bit more. And it goes on and on from there. And then we're helping that person take back 
control. We're empowering them and letting them know that you can fix this. And it's the same with the overeating thing, right? Um, once you stop putting it on other things, saying, oh, that's that's the binge eating or that's because of this or, you know, that's because of that. No, you are consciously, it's not because of that thing. It's because when this thing happens, you go and get something to eat. And this comes back to what I didn't get to earlier on when I said about using food. I didn't finish talking about that. And this is where, let's just pick one example. Um, every time someone is stressed, they go and get something to eat or they've had a stressful day at work. They come home and they go for something to eat they, and they go to the cupboards and start snacking while dinner's being made. Now, again, that's something you're consciously choosing to do because you're coming home. You've, exp- you've, you've just been in the office from nine till five. You've been a ball of stress from nine till five then it's now five o'clock and you're at home. That stress has not gone away because you've got to go in tomorrow and do it all over again. In that moment, you are desperate for some stress relief. You're desperate to not feel this stress anymore. You're desperate to get rid of that tension in your shoulders and your neck. You want your brain to quieten down, to stop thinking, to stop all this stuff going round and round. And because you have a history of it, you know that if you go to the cupboard and open that tin of biscuits that you open and start eating them, you will get that relief. But only for as long as you're eating. And this is this is the, where the problems start, right? Because you're using food. Like what would be the best thing for stress relief? For me personally, it would be packing my walking boots and my wet weather gear because the weather's fucking terrible here all the time and going and walking up a hill. I would come back from that feeling fantastic. That's what I would do. Once upon a time, I would go get something to eat. But that would, let's say that me doing that brings my stress down by 75%, back down to manageable, normal levels. When you start using foods, like if you eat a biscuit, might bring your stress levels down by 25%. And then the biscuit's finished and they come right back again. And this is, this is the problem. You're using food to try and achieve something that it can't help you achieve. I am trying to get this biscuit to de-stress me, but it only works for as long as I'm eating the biscuit. So one chocolate digestive, 90 calories, eating it for a minute, it's gone. Shit, I'm still stressed. Well, I'm already here. I felt better for a second when I had one of these. The packet of digestives is still in front of me. Next one. I feel great again. Another 90 calories. Fuck, it's finished. Now I feel terrible again. Another one. Where do you draw the line? Where does it end? until the digestives are run out, until you start to feel sick, until you reach a kind of cut-off point where you're disgusted with yourself that you've just eaten 900 calories worth of chocolate digestives and you're now more stressed than you were 10 minutes ago because now you're stressed about all the food that you just ate. So, (laughs) this is the difference between consciously choosing to overeat and genuine, true binge eating. And once we acknowledge that we are consciously choosing to overeat, then it's all about turning it into a game, turning it into a puzzle, right? You start at the end. What is the thing that you're doing? I am going to the cupboard and getting digestives. Cool. Why? What happened before that? What led you to that point where you found yourself in the cupboard eating biscuit after biscuit? Well, I had a shitty day at work. Right. Let's go back to the shitty day at work. Can you do anything about this shitty day at work? No, 
it's just the way work is. It's out of my control. It's not anything bad or negative. I'm not having fallouts with people or anything like that. It's just at this point in time, I have a heavy workload. Right, let's come back then to the part between eating the biscuits and the part between coming home from work. We can't do anything about the coming home from work part, uh, the, the stressful work part, but we can do something about the smashing nine, 10 chocolate digestives, right? You've done the biscuit thing. It doesn't work for any length of time. What else can you do to help you de-stress? Something that's going to get you what I get, that 75% reduction, but that reduction that stays, that lasts, that you get a glow from. I don't know if any, how many of you climb hills or go for long walks or climb mountains or anything like that, but when, especially when I'm climbing Monroe's, especially when the weather's horrendous. One of my worst days on the hills was when we were in a place called Torridon, and we climbed three or four. Once you were up, it was easy to do the next three, but it was the windiest day. And I was there with guys who'd been climbing hills for 30, 40 years. It was the windiest day any of them had ever had. We were on our hands and knees crawling across ridges at one point. Face totally red with windburn. But, and it was horrendous when you were up there at times. But when you get down to the bottom after that, the what you've just put yourself through, fuck me, that you ride that high for a week. Easy, at least a week. Talking about it all the time, thinking about it all the time, looking back at the pictures, thinking about that, you know, because it doesn't hit you what you've just done. That is a high. And then you've got eating fucking biscuits to try and de-stress yourself. You can see the comparison between the two, right? I've been there. I used to do the eating thing when I was stressed, When I, you know, especially when I first started building a business. You know, it was the panic of leaving a, a secure job at the time. My wife was pregnant with her second son. I took a chance on starting this business back in January 2018. Fortunately, it paid off. Um, but I was a stress ball back then. And my default because I'd done it for a long time, was to get up and go to the kitchen. So that was something that I had to work on. And once I realised that I was spending too much time working and I didn't have that balance and I was getting very stressed, it's like, right, I need to put something in here. So what do I do now? It's right, I'm going to go for a run. I did actually, I started running at the time. I remember very well because I ran my first half marathon. I was running that much. Getting to the end of the day, running shoes on, out, back, sorted. I could come in the house. I had an office in the back garden in my shed. I could come in the house, leave the work in the shed, in the office, <laughs> um, and not be the stressed ball of nonsense. So, I said I wouldn't have much to talk about. Here we are, 26 minutes in. There is a clear, def a clear definition, right? So, try... My advice would be, if you're someone that thinks you binge eat, you're probably not binge eating, unless you are like I described, you know, having that complete loss of control. It's like an out-of-body experience. It's like someone else has jumped in your brain and they're driving your body and you're just sitting back watching the hands reach for this food and put it in your mouth and you feel powerless to stop yourself. If you are that person, go to your GP and let them know that, tell them exactly that, that that's what you're experiencing and they will say, no problem, we can fix this, we can work on this, I'm going to refer you on to speak to the right people and they'll take it from there. For everyone else who isn't at that level of, of severity or ex experiencing that, you are consciously choosing to overeat. It is something you are doing. And listen, something we didn't touch on. You are doing it because you want to do it. Afterwards, you can ask yourself all the questions. Why did I do that? Why did I eat those things? 
the reason you did it is because you wanted to do it. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. If you didn't want to eat that stuff, then you wouldn't have done it. You did it because you wanted to. Once you understand that, then it's a case of, right, why do I want to do that? What did that choice give me? What did that decision give me? Why did I... I ate those nine chocolate digestives because I wanted to not feel the stress that I experienced today, right? And that's how it goes. So remember, everything that you do, you're doing it because you want to do it, because you want what that decision gives you. I want to eat this bar of chocolate because it's going to make me feel nice. That's what you want. You want that feeling. Afterwards, you feel like crap because you've had to do it. You know, you've used a family sharing size bar of chocolate to achieve that for five, ten minutes. But you don't know any other way. And that's why you keep doing it. Because it's this. you know this works. Even if it's for a brief moment of time, it's enough for you to say, God, I'm going to go and get a bar of chocolate because I know it's going to make me feel nice. Yes, I'm fully... The thing I use as an example for this all the time, because people think it's ridiculous. No, I didn't want to do it. I don't understand why I'm doing it. Here's an example for you. Alcohol is always the easy example. People drink every single weekend... I've got a friend, his girlfriend was terrible with alcohol, right, as as in hangovers. He would post videos of her on his Snapchat every Sunday, they'd be in the car driving somewhere, stop in the car for her to be sick, she would have um, plastic Tesco bags over her ears being sick into them, right, and she was like that every single time she drank. Now, she knew that, she knew every single Sunday was going to go like that, and yet... She still drank every Saturday night, right? And that's fine, that's up to her. But if you ever think that it's ridiculous that you're eating something, even though you know you're not going to feel good about it later, well, just look at someone who drinks. Look at your own drinking habits. You spend three or four hours drinking on a Saturday night knowing that it's going to absolutely ruin the next 24 hours of your life. So if you ever don't ever feel like it's a ridiculous thing to do, because this is the reason I'm saying this is, When people come back to me in check-ins and they'll respond to the video that I've recorded, they'll be like, God, it's so silly when I hear you reading it. And it will sound silly, but it's not. I mean, me talking about that sounds silly. And yet people still do it. People still go out and drink knowing they are going to spew their guts up for 24 hours afterwards. Because the reward is worth more than what comes after. Yes, I know this is going to happen, but... I enjoy this thing so much that even the four or five hours of being drunk is worth it to me, despite what I'm going to put myself through on a Sunday into Monday morning. So don't ever feel like your your eating habits are silly. Don't ever feel like the things you're struggling with when it comes to overeating are silly. They're not. You know, you've just, you've fallen into a pattern where you have started using food to help you with something that it can't help you with, which is why you have to keep doing it over and over again. You're trying to hit a square peg through a round hole. It just doesn't work. You, it brings you temporary temporary relief for as long as you're doing the thing, but it doesn't last. And then it's about, well, like I said, starting at the end, this is the thing I am doing, and then just working your way backwards to puzzle it out. Why am I doing this? I'm doing it because I feel like this or I don't want to feel this or I was upset or I was stressed or whatever it is. Find out your reason. It will vary from person to person. It'll be very similar 
We'll all have very similar experiences, but you will have your own individual reasons, your own individual trigger and path that leads you to that point where you're using food. And then you need to come back and say, right, where, where can I, where can I, um, what's the word? can't think. Where can I step in here? Intervene, that's the word I'm looking for. Where can I intervene between the trigger point and the using food part? Where can I intervene and what can I intervene with? What would be a better remedy for this? If it's stress, I could go for a bath. I could go for a walk. I could get some fresh air. I could read. I could, whatever it is that's, that's, that you, like my, my de-stress thing, the thing that I know brings me down by 75% is getting up a hill and back down again. The, the accomplishment and the sense of achievement, the scenery, the views, everything that I love about that, the, the way I associate that with my childhood and spending time with my grandparents, that gives me all those feelings, right? So that's my thing. What's your thing? Find your thing that isn't related to food and or drink, because people also use drink, alcohol to de-stress, but find your thing and put it in the middle and do it regularly. Plan it in. Make it something that you do frequently. Don't let your stress levels get to the point where you're finding yourself, you know, you've got nothing else to do but go eat something. Preventative maintenance. Don't let it get to that point. Anyway, that's enough from me. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it was helpful. Um, and I'll be back next week to talk about cravings. <laughs>